Hi everyone, welcome back to part two of this Thrifters Villa two-year anniversary episode. I hope you enjoy. We can't do all the work, so we can figure out other ways to do the work. And somebody got into an argument with me like, well, they only do this percentage. I'm like, I already did my, I investigated. I know what I want to send them. I know what they take. I just want to get rid of it. <laughs> so, you know, so it's not the issue of the percentage because I can do that over on eBay. I can do that over on Etsy. And to make my point in terms of vintage, I sent them like 40 items. Five were brand new. The other 35 were vintage items. It was all about the name that they were looking for and they took those items. So definitely check out the real real and some of the other, but yes, definitely just kind of, you know, shift your mentality you know, and organize, organizing is the key. I can't have a whole bunch of stuff. It, it irritates me because um, if I do, I got to organize it and I got to clean it. So don't be afraid. And this is for anyone who's listening. Don't hold on to it if you don't have to, you know, and not, not even in the perspective of the way that Leanne was saying that she's okay with holding. There are some people who have a thousand items, but why do you have a thousand items and you're still sourcing? The key is to sell it. So to you, Madison, I would say 125, my, my, if you're selling it and then you sell it and then you list a draft, you're, you're making money. In October of 2019, I had almost 2,000 2, items in my Poshmark closet. It was overwhelming. And I'm like, Leslie, it's sitting there. It's not making money. I downsized to two. I got rid of all those pieces, whether Plato's closet or whatever. Now I have consistent 500 items. That's it. I don't, and, and then I sell on Menok because I have a cross-listing platform. I sell on different, you know. And then another idea of getting rid of some of your things is to have a live sale. If you've never thought about doing it. When I decided, I moved um, from Delaware to North Carolina in April. And, pre, and so February, I said, you know what? Let me live sale. It's, it was only for liquidation. It's not my goal. Like some people, they've turned it into a business. Let me liquidate. I was able to liquidate over 500 items and make money. You know, had some massive, massive sales because I knew what I wanted to give, a, wanted to sell. And I made really great money. I was able to buy furniture for my new house, put money in the bank and get rid of items without it going back to the landfill. So just think, you know, out of, out of the norm to make some new some money. I've never done a live sale. I never thought about doing a live sale. I definitely now I'm intrigued. I, I was going to say, um, jumping off of what a, what you said, um, I, this year I have been more cognizant and trying to be more self-aware of looking at something that like, whether it be like in my room or just in general, you know, a, like, do I think this is going to sell? Well, okay. Do I even care about it enough? Like to enjoy listing this? No. Okay. Get it out of here. Like, I'm not, I'm just not going to waste the time in posting something that I don't think is going to sell, or I just don't like enough that it, it's just worth my time because, you know, it takes a lot of time to take photos and edit and post things and put it away and like do all this stuff. So I have been trying to, you know, just send those kind of items to thread up, donate them if, you know, they're really whatever. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I try doing stuff like that so that I am making some little bit amount of money from thread up. I know it's not tons, but again, just like clearing the clutter out and being realistic about what is working, what isn't working. Um, but I definitely think I, live sale is a great idea. I have not thought about that. So and the exam, I got you, but definitely like, and also to buy trade sell stores, like, you know, Plato's closet. I haven't done that a lot either. They have Don't bother with the Plato's closet near us. I, I was going <laughs> to say, 
Don't bother. Go to Boston if you want to do buy, sell, trade. Don't do it here. And then, you know, I forget some of the other names of Buffalo Exchange, but some people, they kind of get like, um, oh, well, you're not getting a lot of money. But just back to what I said and what Madison said, it's not the issue of making so much money. You made something back. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. it's sitting there. Put it on, try the marketplace. If you have a cross-listing platform, try Facebook Marketplace. Go old school like Daniela and I used to do Craigslist. I mean, you, you don't, I sell a lot of stuff locally. I put it up for sale and, you know, I don't mind meeting somebody, you can meet them at the gas station, meet them at the library and you don't, you can make, I've made 200, $300 in a day just by selling stuff. So just branch out and think of other ways to do it. It doesn't just, you're still reselling. It doesn't mm-hmm. have platforms. I'd rather own it myself anyway, than the percentage coming off. I love Poshmark. I love the Poshmark. But I, <laughs> I know it's, making that full amount instead of the, the percentage is always, is always great. But I want to touch on two things. One, Camilla can talk about live sales since she started off that way. So if you want to give Madison some insight, that would be great. Oh, actually mine weren't live sales. So mine oh. were like posts on Instagram. Oh, okay. Okay. They were posts. And then, um, people would contact me and I would send them like a PayPal invoice. Um, so I've actually never done a live sale and that Instagram, I still have it and I still use it to sell vintage items. Um, but I haven't posted in a really long time, um, because it's kind of, it's just like a different way of doing things. I model mm-hmm. things. I put it on a mannequin and it's, you know, they're just like any, platform, like each platform has different kind of styles and, and ways, you know, um, cultures kind of on the different platforms. Instagram has that sort of, um, if you want to be modeling it, you want to have it on a mannequin. People want to see how it looks because there's no protection for returns. Like the only way someone can return is if they reach out to me and I say, okay, yes. And here's a label, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so you really have to like know all the answers and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's just as interesting, but, um, that Instagram actually only has like 700 followers. So it is different because I'm really like thinking of specific followers in mind when I'm picking something up, I think, oh, this is this person's size who buys from me. This is this person's style, you know, and, uh, and things like that. So it's kind of a different sourcing method than otherwise, because I'm kind of thinking of particular people, but right. I don't know that. I would be that good at a live sale, you know, on the story or things like that. So I do want to say there's another way of doing this too. And I know someone personally who does this, her name is Nicole. Um, she does Facebook lives. So kind of like, think about like LuLuRoe when that used to be, LuLuRoe used to be big, right? And all the different like pearl companies, all that kind of stuff. And people go live. It's like, okay, I'm going live. I'm doing a live sale right now. That's what she does, but with thrifted clothing. And it's, and she makes a good amount of money on there. She has people that follow her. She's like a little business page that she set up and she tells them when she's going live and she's like two, 300 people and she's making sales. Some of them are local sales, which is great. So she just drops it off the person's house. So she doesn't have to worry about shipping in that manner. Um, so that's another way to do it. If you are, people do YouTube lives too, and they do sales on YouTube as well. That's another way to do it. Like there's all these different ways to get creative with it. Um, I was going to say for you, Madison, you use the Nextdoor app. You get some inventory using the Nextdoor app. You can sell on the Nextdoor app too. I don't know why I've never thought about that. <laughs> you said it in our Patreon Zoom the other night. And I was like, why doesn't she use that to sell too? And now that you start talking about this, I'm like, you could totally use it. You could create boxes of items of the same size 
and then sell them. Style a box and I, sell it. That's a great idea. Since I really, I really and look styling. And I have a lot of, I have a lot of things in a lot of different sizes because as you know, all of us we know, fluctuate as women, we fluctuate. get it. So I have plenty of, plenty of opportunities to make plenty of boxes in a variety of sizes. So yeah, that's, that's a great idea. I never thought about doing that on next door. So. Yeah. And I think we kind of all get stuck in like the traditional way of reselling, like what we think the traditional way of reselling is like you put it on a platform and you wait for it to sell and you're sharing and all these different things. Social media is totally different. There's TikTok. I'm sure Francis could talk about there's different ways of doing things. There's live sales. What is that? Galaxy something or other. They do live sales now. No. <laughs> there's another platform. I'm, I, I, I'm not, I, I, I'm gonna just be silent about that. Yeah, there's another. I I don't know much. I've never been on Galaxy or neither have I, so I don't know anything. Um, there was another plat. There's another new platform as well, um, and I forget what it's called. I'll have to look it up. I saw a YouTube video. Someone was talking about it. Um, oh, so nice. I think that there's another one too that does like live auctions. Oh, nice. Um, and they said that there aren't that many users on there, but they were pretty successful. They sell vintage. Um, it was Heroin Bob. Her youtube channel okay she sells vintage clothes and vintage like housewares and things so um that is also another option because you just kind of go live and people are the people there are interested in buying right so, they're there specifically um, to buy francis do you can you give us any input oh i was just gonna say i'm guilty of having too many items and then sourcing more stuff um <laughs> i i'm lucky to have a i live in like a you can call it like a farm but it's it's more just like a big thing of land with my parents house right there and I have a barn all to myself for all of my inventory so I have too much space I guess um and I source too much but yeah I think traditional reselling I'm like fluent in like putting it on Poshmark which I do first and then but yeah I really need to get into like, like sending stuff to thread up like currently I have 1200 listings <laughs> so it's that's a I, lot <laughs> yeah and I've sold I think I've sold like over 7,000. So I'm okay with it, but, um, yeah, I can get slow sometimes. So having like other, um, streams of, of income. Yeah. Yeah. And like liquidating old stuff, which I have stuff from years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And but, we learned that with time, right? Like sometimes sitting down and having these conversations with people that do the same thing as us is what ends up motivating us to then make those changes that we need to make. Like, you know, a light bulb goes off and you're like, oh, I probably should look into that. Or I have not looked at that in a long time or never thought about doing it that way. Like that happens every time that I record the podcast. It's one of the like main reasons why I love doing the podcast is because I get to sit down with people, whether it's guests or whether I was talking with Lori and now they'll be talking to Jen. Like someone says something and I'm like, oh, well, I never thought about it that way because it's only you and your own brain or like or your partner, whoever's doing it with you, right? Like it's just those same ideas until you hear someone else say something and you're like, oh, all right, I guess I could try that and see how that goes for me kind of thing. Leslie's agreeing. You, I didn't hear that last part. You were mute. <laughs> I just said, so take it away. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I totally agree with Daniela. Um, just real quick about the lives. There's so many opportunities for going live. Um, she, Daniela mentioned Facebook. There are so many Facebook groups. Um, there's a group in Atlanta, um, Thrifting Divas. You can create your own space. And some of the places you can actually, you know, 
um, some of these groups, you pay them $60 and you go live. And I have about 10 friends that sell individually on Thrifting Atlanta and Thrifting Diva. They're, they're actually two ladies that got together and then they got so big that um, one person is on Divas and one person is Atlanta. And when they go live, like my friend Faye, she sells a comp modern and vintage. When she goes live, um, and it's all day. It's I get notifications. They all around the world. So somebody can be going live at five in the morning, and they still have people. And I have a, a friend who goes live on Saturdays at ten a.m. And you go in, it'll be eight hundred people in her live, and she's just like selling. And they have where um, sold on demand, um, where not not sold on demand, um, comment sold. And if she has like where you can scan it. She has she's already evolved, and so it's amazing. It's different opportunities for you to grow. Um, step out of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid. Um, I sell totally different. Um, I don't know if we're talking about me now in terms of my. You can talk about yourself. Yes. My end of my end of twenty. So for me, for people who don't know, I started reselling in two thousand sixteen. Then I came home in two thousand eighteen, and as Madison indicated, I teach specifically having money um, saved. I didn't, I sat down with my husband and said, listen, I'm ready to come home. I was 49 at the time. And I was like, listen, I'm ready to come home. And the first thing he said is money in the bank. And I was like, I got that. And that was emergency fund did that, but I already start. I have an account for all my businesses. I was business mind right away. And that's, I came home instead of six months, I was able to come home in three months because I sold on eBay and Poshmark. And so I have, I've been doing business for over 30 years. I'm a handmade seller. I've been selling on Etsy for 20 years. That's where I started. I was doing that before reselling, making my items and selling. And so I came with that business mindset already okay I was already okay with international, but I thought that this reselling would be the way for me. I don't love reselling. I've talked about that on my podcast. It's just, it create, it was a way for me to have an outlet, right? I have started a business, but now I've branched out and done some other things. And I encourage people to do that. Don't stay stagnant. If you want to do some other things, do it. And because of reselling, of course I have a podcast, um, which I've been very slack on because I moved. 2021 has just been like a fog over my head. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. 2020 and 2021 just don't exist anymore. I don't even, I don't know the difference between the two. I really don't. It's a, it's such a weird dynamic, um, you know, regardless of what age you are. Like when you're younger, um, I don't know if I can speak for Francis, but it's like things are just kind of happening. But when you're older and you see the progression of life, you're like, this has never happened before. Like my husband, he was born in 57. I'm like, have you ever experienced anything like what's going on? He has because he went through, you know, civil rights and things like that. So it's a whole bunch of different dynamic, but it was like a fog because I moved. And so I had to reevaluate. But the cool thing about being in the space that I'm in is that now I have the opportunity to play around with all the things that I've been wanting to play around with. I, I haven't done my podcast as much. And in 20, I was thinking about letting it go because to me, it's a hobby that just turned into like a great love affair. It allowed me to meet new people and interview over a hundred resellers and do tips and tricks. And same thing with my, my, my YouTube. I'm at the point that as long as I get my monetization every month, I don't care about, you know, because that was, that was a fluke too. Everything that I'm doing is a fluke. Um, but that's just because I love what I'm doing. I love meeting people and I love like building a community. And if people send me messages, they can relate to me. So I am more 
of a um, a good friend than that people contact me and go, oh my gosh, you're like this top reseller. I'm not, I'm just Leslie from Philly, you know, hey to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm just Leslie from Philly. So I love when people like Leanne send me messages because she is, you know, she's home with her kids. I've been there, I've done it. I have a daughter who's on the spectrum. I have a daughter who has hydrocephalus. So I turn my life experience to, to match up with my reseller you know, experience. And that is what really has saved me through this situation with the pandemic, that it hasn't just been sell, sell, sell. Now it's like, let's talk to the people, let's build a community. And one, the two things that has happened to me, aside from my podcast and all that. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I really got deep into vintage right? Um, because I was just selling modern clothes, going to the bins, just kind of finding stuff. But I really started like looking at vintage a little bit closely. And this is for anyone who's listening. It may be like a challenge. How Leanne just found that hat, right? It was something fun that she picked up. And wow, now it is this vintage item. When she finally does comps or goes to look it up, there probably won't be one. Of that hot dog hat that she found. There aren't. I've, I've right. At, so, I was, so, so there you are. So yeah. you see, see, and that's that's the amazing. Especially if you're a person who researches, now you found something, and that's going to be your next kind of goal. Like, okay, now let me see what I can find, because no one else has it, right? No one else has it. So you can sell it for 500, 600, a thousand dollars. You don't need the market. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to be so rich from this hot dog hat. (laughs) But but that's going to be the thing that probably starts it for you. It's that domino effect. You may continue on or you may not. Like when I started in 2019, I didn't know anything about vintage. When I first started in 2016, I didn't even source. My husband did. And I just started reselling with him because we had just gotten married and I was working full-time and he was already retired and we were kind of passing. So I was like, you know what, let's find something we can do together. Dar reselling, but I'm working too much. I don't have time to go sourcing. He's already getting men's clothes, honey, while you're out, give me some women's clothes. And you know, because he was older, he bought me everything vintage. Everything was vintage. And when I first started, I was just literally giving that stuff away on Poshmark. And so, but now when, when the pandemic hit, I was like, you know what? I have a closet full of stuff. I didn't even start sourcing yet. I had about 50 pieces that my husband had already got for me and they started selling. I opened up an Etsy store. I already know Etsy. I know SEO. I know how to work Etsy and it kicked in. But then the other element was I was getting depressed from reselling. So I said, you know what? How about if I go back to that space that I love, which is handmade. And I started delving into tie-dye opened up an Etsy store on tie for tie-dye and I made more money. I made like $3,000 in like three weeks selling mm-hmm. tie-dye items. And I had never, I went on Pinterest and taught myself how to tie-dye. And so now my business, I actually make more handmade 
because that's what I do than I do in anything else. Handmade and vintage are my top sellers, but handmade exceeds because I sell to people who contact me from things they see. I just started escalating my TikTok more, showing my tutorials. So there you go. Show what you do behind the scenes. That makes it a key. Show yourself sourcing. People think that if you show people that you got it from the thrift store, that they're not going to want it. Your customer is not just the person watching your YouTube as a, another reseller. Your customer isn't just the reselling community. They, they are your customers, but somebody else is going to hashtag reseller and go, okay, she's selling. I found this $5 item, but now I want to sell it for $500. You don't know how long that person's been looking for that item. They're going to give you that money. So the person who doesn't want it, that's not your target um, buyer. I'm all about target audience, target buyer. I may be speaking to the community, but the person who sends me a DM and says, sis, I, I heard you on Daniela's podcast. Do you have, yes, I do. And so if we just come up with a different mindset and a different way that we're selling things, man, you can accomplish anything. So my handmade, I, was, I had alluded to this. Once I move into my house, I'm actually going to get a studio. Um, because it's been doing really well. I'm going to start doing some more stuff with my YouTube. And again, really trying to figure out TikTok, but I'm going to have a studio where I just tie-dye because I take, I'm, I, instead of new stuff, it's going to be sustainable. So I actually now specifically, because I source through Jomar and I go to the thrift store, I'm specifically looking for items that I can tie-dye and those things they sell. And Camilla, she said something really important that if you wear your items, it sells. I have a new Instagram page. I haven't been able to do it as much, but as soon as I started modeling that vintage stuff, my DMs blew up and you sell right away. Okay, here's my cash app. Here's my Venmo. Here's my PayPal. Here's my Zelly. And you never know where your audience is coming from. So I'm having fun every day. And I just wanted to put that out there. I'm having fun. I'm doing different things, but also I'm older. So I'm coming, I'm stepping backwards. In two years, I won't be reselling. I won't be reselling. I want to tell, turn everything into courses, digital products, you know, um, figure out if I want to keep my YouTube. And so I want to tell everybody, don't be afraid to do something that someone else is going to, is not going to do. Be that person. If you want to make a course, make a course. If you want to do an ebook, write an ebook. I have three, right? I sold the reseller survival guide. Yes, I'm plugging myself. Um, Plug away, <laughs> friends. I, sold over um, 2,000 copies of that ebook. And it's a, you never know. It was just an accident. I just sat down and wrote it. It was done. And I, that was February 2020. You just never know where life is going to take you. I have a Pinterest book and I just wrote a book of just quotes. You never know what's going to happen, right? So just so take that hot dog hat, Leanne, and use yeah. that as inspiration. No, seriously, yeah. use it as inspiration. No. To create something else for yourself, maybe the traditional way of reselling isn't the way that you necessarily want to go. And maybe Madison wants to start doing styling boxes. You know what I mean? Like do it however you want to do it. Yeah. I feel like I do have a bunch of weird kind of like vintage stuff. I'm just drawn to it. Um, so yeah, I feel like a lot of my stuff is vintage and I have I have started on Depop because I think that it's a good platform for a lot of what I have. And I actually just had my first sale this morning. Um, I put in the Patreon last night that I sold something there and then realized it had sold on Poshmark. Yeah, I saw that. Earlier that day. But then I woke up this morning to an actual sale and I sold my first thing on the real, real 
Yay. Found both of those this morning when I woke up, which was great. But um, yeah, like you were saying, Leslie, about um, you never know who's looking for something. I had had a pair of cowboy boots on Poshmark um, and a girl was looking for them, but she had some, she messaged me on there. Um, something had happened with, she was like returning something. I'm not sure, but she couldn't purchase anything through Poshmark. Um, but she found them. I had also put them on Instagram and I have like five posts on Instagram, like very few. I need to step that up as well, but she found them on there and contacted me through Instagram. And so bought them through there. So there were no fees. Um, and it was like an amazing, it was my best sale I've ever had. And so that was like, you know, some fire in, in my body to like, get it going more. Um, but yeah, so I think that's totally accurate. What you were saying about like, you never know who's going to see something or who's looking for this specific item. Um, and then with making things as well, like I started years and years ago, I was on Etsy selling embroidered things like largely Pittsburgh themed, like a lot of ornaments, um, like things that were framed, just simple embroidery. Um, but I've done, I've like covered like a moth hole or something on a sweater and have sold it. And it's been like, it made me feel so good that like, I, like someone's wearing this little thing I made and it makes me so happy. And so I've been trying to do that more, but it's hard because it's so time consuming. Um, so it's just part of, there's my dog. Hi puppy. <laughs> She's barking at someone. I would say, again, definitely just one of the things that I do, which is, um, you know, um, we probably haven't talked about, like, you know, um, calendaring and scheduling. If, you know, you know what your schedule is, right? You know what you have to do. Yeah. Before I met everyone, I did this with my kids and, you know, because I had a dessert business and I had an Etsy business and I was working and then I came home as a full-time mom and then I went back to work after I got divorced. But scheduling is really important. Pick one day a week. Um, and block out some time and take a couple items and upcycle because that's what I'm doing now. Like I still do the reselling, but now I'm 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 rehabbing shoes and tie. I, I have two days a week I tie dye and usually kind of use that on the weekend. I don't have any young children, so now I can do whatever I want in terms of the weekend. But if I had children, it would be like while they were at school or whatever. Just block out time if it's something that you want to do, and then also that also. Um, creates that space within you. Do you want to do it? My husband and I were just having this conversation because we start things out in a hobby. And then when someone says, oh my gosh, I want to buy that from you. You should have a business. You have to decide, is it something you can do consistently? So if you block out, you start this week, you know, you do five sweaters or whatever, and you just like, yeah, I'm done with that. Then it helps you to decide that it's not something you're going to put in your time, but just block out for anything you do create, you know, blocks, working yeah. badges, that kind of stuff that we always talk about. Yeah. yeah. I also picked up a, it's like a vintage Tommy um, sweatshirt at the bins that was like pretty dirty. So I bleached it three times and it's not so dirty now. However, there's like a couple bleach marks on like the embroidery part that, so you just made me think maybe I should tie dye it. There you go. Leslie's big in tie dyeing and, and tie dye is big in the community itself. So why not Every, test it out? 
Yeah. yeah, I tie dye everything. I, the thing itself, the best for me are vintage slips. They turn into dresses. People send me messages. So vintage lingerie, I tie dye. I have robes. I have all kinds of stuff. If you just check out my Instagram, um, I just do a lot um, because things that people like tie dye is dying down. I'm a summer of 69 baby. You know, um, it's not about the t-shirts. If you take something different and then that way it will be unique. No one else ever has it. That's the thing. Yeah, you can get a tie dye t-shirt. You can get a tie dye sweatshirt. But what about taking that top that you found stained and now you recreate it? It's, you know. Yeah, repurposing. In a minute. Yeah, repurposing is great. Um, Do the kids want a tie-dyed Tommy sweatshirt? (laughs) I don't know. Do they? Oh, I was was asking. (laughs) What do you think? I think tie-dye, I mean, I've always see well I mean I was in high school almost two years ago and um there was a lot of tie-dye so I mean I'm assuming it's still in and if it's like a did you say it was a vintage, if it's a vintage yeah yeah I think I don't that want to mess it up like if it would do okay as it is but I sort of already honestly it like it's kind of weird but there's like there's certain vintage pieces like the dirtier the more worn in they look the better like um well crap I you can retire yeah. on the hot dog shirt and your you and know, the tie-dye sweatshirt yeah, you're good done. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you real quick this is a how do you pronounce her name diane von first Furstenberg. von Furstenberg. yeah so i found this at the bins it is actually a one piece right Ooh, a utility jumpsuit and it's stained and so I'm going to tie-dye it. This is the kind of stuff Art. that I tie-dye. Yes, it is a utility jumpsuit. And it's yellow, so don't be afraid to tie-dye um, color. Love um, that. All these helpful little things, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for all of this. Uh, before we close, because I know we've been talking for a long time, and I want to be mindful of everyone's time, even though I could talk to all of you forever. Um, I just want to kind of, like, if you want to share, like, in 2021, what was one of your favorite Thrifters Villa moments for you? Like, was there an episode or was there um, a guest or something that just jumped out to you that you were like, okay, this is a really cool episode, or I really learned a lot in this episode, or I can't stand Daniela and Lori in this episode, <laughs> like, like anything, like just, I, I guess this is my time to get real feedback from everyone. So whoever wants to go, I'm not going to go in any specific order. So whoever wants to jump in. I like all, I don't get a chance to listen as much, but my, my super love Jack, I'll, I'll listen and watch anything of Jack Valentine. Oh, I know. Um, I love them. Jack and Ryan. Ugh. Ryan just graduated today. So congratulations, Ryan, I if you're did, listening. I, did. Um, <laughs> I, I super love them, but I also loved all the, um, like the round tables um, Daniela mm-hmm. does because I love um, that things aren't so structured. That's what I love about their podcast. And people are like, why are you talking about their podcast? You have one. And I think it's already, it's always collaboration over competition, right? We should be networking. We should be talking about each other because Daniela knows a whole lot of stuff. She always <laughs> about how she learns from me. I don't know how. She knows a lot of stuff. Her brain never goes to sleep. I'm gonna have to have a talk with Matt and ask him. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. 
So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Does she ever rest? Does she ever rest? No, seriously. And I can learn so much from Lori. I just love them. So just them, their voices, their personality, just everything that they give back to the community. So it doesn't have to be an episode. It's just who they are. And knowing them in person makes it even better. I call them friends. And so I just want you to know, I appreciate you, Daniela. Well, I appreciate you too, Leslie. And um, and now having Jen on too, and you know Jen too, because Jen was at our little meet and greet that we had as well. And, um, you know, we've all learned a lot from you. We've all learned a lot from you, Leslie. So to have you on here for, you know, the year end of season two, it was a no brainer. No one else knew. No one else knew here, but <laughs> go ahead, Francis. Um, I was just going to say, um, I started listening to your podcast this year. So I haven't, you know, been here for all the years, but I've been binging all of them. And I think I'm almost through. So I, I don't know the, the years like separately. So they all blend together because I just play them. Um, well, I appreciate but, that because uh, that helps yeah. with my monetization. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I listen all the time. Um, I would say my favorite, not specifically, but just listening to other people who have the same passions as me is really inspiring. Um, and I don't like none of my friends resell, and they don't really have an interest in it. So it's really cool to listen to other people talking about all the things. Like, oh my god, yeah, I totally agree. Like hard to talk to people who don't really get it um and not that I'm talking to you while I'm listening but it's, it's I mean just you like, could yeah. <laughs> yeah sometimes I laugh and like yeah um but yeah just having other listening to other people that have the same passions is really cool so just in general that's why I love your podcast oh, thank you thank you thank you um I loved the one with Dion Dean <laughs> Who doesn't love Dion Dean? I have not. I didn't know who, I didn't know of her before that, but she's just, I don't know, like just knowledgeable, firing and no, yeah, she just knows so much. And I had said to you before, like, I want to take her classes. Like I, I should see if you can do them virtually, because if you can, I'm going to sign up for something. I think (laughs) she's just one of those people who is just like so inspiring without even really trying to be. She's just like being her genuine self and is so like just motivating. Um, yeah, and she's just a badass. So she is. that was one of my favorites. She's then, someone who will be back on at some point in time. She will be back on. I also, um, like everyone else said, I think you guys just have, like you and Lori have a great rapport and it just feels like real people who are doing this. And um, like Francis said as well, like I don't have other um, people in my life who do this that I can, you know, bounce ideas off of or talk to about it. So um, it just sort of feels like, you know, like you're at the table, which is, I think what you guys are going for. So good job. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. And I'm glad you guys liked some of the guests. Dion was someone who um, I learned through Jack, actually, um, who's Flip Thrift, if you guys don't know who are listening. And 
I just messaged her one day and she had a, apparently had already been following me and was watching my YouTube channel and was like, you know, I had no idea. I, I, how would she know me kind of thing? Like she has like over 10,000 followers kind of, you know what I mean? Like when you're in that headspace and um, we are, we text all the time. We're extremely close. I adore her. She is not only um, a professor when it comes to fashion, she actually teaches about fashion to young designers and she's very much immersed in that world but she has such an amazing business and she focuses on vintage. That's her business. And she styles like those are the two things that she loves. Yes. She loves designer and she posts about it all the time too, but she's all about styling and like loving your body and loving the space that you're in and how to style it. I love that about her. So yes, Dion will be back on thrifters Villa in some capacity um, in the future. We are definitely going to have her back on. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you liked that one. Cause that was one of my favorite ones too. Mm-hmm. So I would say my favorite episode from the past year was the one that you and Lori did with Blake. Um, Blake does things on is reselling entrepreneurship. And um, I just thought that was such an interesting question because Mm -hmm. you start every episode with, this is a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. And I have always thought of like, you know, from kind of the beginning, like my reselling is my business, you know, like I am this business owner, you know, like I own this business and incorporating all the different aspects of our social media and our, you know, platforms that we have now. So I just thought that was such an interesting conversation to have, because I think that you can go kind of one way or the other with reselling. You can kind of have it as a hobby, or you can really have it as a business and really kind of own yourself as the business owner, you know? Yeah. And I have to give props to Blake for that. He actually approached Lori and I about that episode. And he said, listen, there's this video I want to share with you guys. I think it's be a really great podcast episode. And I was like, all right, you're coming on and we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. There was literally no preparation really for it besides mm-hmm. a couple little blurbs that we found online. And, um, and just like, even for us to sit there and think about it, I'm like, well, is it entrepreneurship? Like, I don't know what actually Mm -hmm. defines entrepreneurship to someone because it really means something different to every Mm -hmm. single person. And okay, I own a business, but certain aspects of my business lead me to be an entrepreneur. So I'm a hybrid. Mm -hmm. I'm both, you know, and just having that internal discussion with yourself. I agree. That was, that was another good one. Kang, Mm -hmm. do you have a favorite episode? Yeah, I I have a lot of favorite episodes. That, but, <laughs> Thank you very much. And that's because we listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff. We're always consuming content. Mm-hmm. But I, I think my favorite um, has to do was the Rinzi one, Ryan and Lindsay. Oh, because absolutely. They, yeah, they made they made me think about things differently and pricing uh, shoes and pricing in general. I guess is really what I'm getting at is. Um, you know, when, when something makes me think differently, it really rings out to me that, you know, maybe we should consider changing our business model based on what their arguments are. And, and that's what evolution should be when, when it comes to our business and, and, you know, trying not to be stuck in something and thinking that we're always right, because I think that, that that's kind of um, not a great way to continue to grow and learn. So always be open to that. So we're always open to you know trying to learn and that particular episode really rang out to me and just in general uh, a lot of episodes that make me think differently really are uh, some of my favorites thank you for that I think the episode with Ryan and Lindsay 
left me and Lori at the end of it, just looking at each other. Like I would have never thought about my business in the way that they're thinking about it. And that's the kind of people we want to continue to have on this podcast, even though Lori is on a different trajectory right now, mm-hmm. um, which we all love and we support her and her YouTube. She just hit yeah. 20,000 followers. So like yeah. Lori, we're so happy for you. Um, so excited for you, but like just in general, Thrifters Villa, doesn't matter who the hosts are, even if I'm gone and someone else takes my spot, the whole point of Thrifters Villa is that anyone can jump in and it's about reaching out to different people and learning from each other and like having that space and that like, it's like a safe zone. Like we all feel comfortable talking to each other. Some of you have never met before. You have no idea who each other's are, but just like to sit there and immerse yourself in the experiences that others have and feel comfortable and have those conversations and learn from others. Like that's what Thrifters Villa is about. It doesn't matter who the hosts are. Like, yeah, we're here, but like, you know what I mean? So I'm to have people like that on the podcast that resonate with others that listen like that's what means the most to me. So I'm glad, like, it makes me really happy to hear that, that this year we were able to tap into it. And I hope moving forward next year into season three, we're able to do the same thing and bring you guys even more guests and expert matter people on here that just think differently than what we typically see. So thank you for that. Madison, (laughs) you're up my friend. Oh, I honestly, I, I love all of the podcasts and I feel like it's been a blur just be, because there's so many and I love listening to all the episodes. Um, I think the one that um, I definitely can recall as being a unique episode in my eyes was when you interviewed RI Vintage and she spoke about um, sustainable fashion. It's yeah. not something that I ever really think about for some reason. And I definitely think that was like a fun of information for everybody. Um, I don't know that a lot of people have that knowledge. So it was was definitely cool thinking about thrifting is sustainable, but you can even go further and try to thrift sustainably as well, like more sustainable. So that was pretty cool. Um, But as a whole, I really just think that, you know, the podcast is just excellent. I love, it's something that I look forward to listening to on Mondays and I try to save it to listen to as best as I can. Um, but it, it feels like you said, a safe space where, you know, it honestly feels like a group of friends, you know, you got, I mean, you, you have a great rapport, like Leanne said, um, with all of the interviewees that you have on and it feels really comfortable. And I do feel like I can honestly reach out to the people that you're interviewing or yourself and ask you a genuine question. You're never informing others from a, oh, I'm a professional and I know everything about everything point of view. You're super relatable and you make it comfortable for anyone to want to reach out and you're willing to learn and evolve as well. So that's what I think makes it a great podcast. You're relatable and you're ever-changing, evolving, learning more and more and bringing more people on. So it, it definitely feels like a fun group of friends, you know, as in a 29 year old, you know, you can, I feel like, you know, you have work friends, your work friends don't really want to hear about thrifting. I mean, your regular <laughs> friends, yeah, like a lot of people don't want to hear about thrifting unless it's something that it's their thing. So it's, it's a fun niche group of people that we can all chat about thrifting with and learn stuff. So. Yeah. Thank well, thank you. you for that. You guys, yeah, it makes me feel good. You know, I like to ask that question a, because I like to hear what everyone enjoyed listening to, but I also want others out there to see that, you know, there's so much more to this podcast than just the people that we bring on or the things that we talk about. Um, the whole vision was we'll see you at the table, right? Like have a seat at the table. That's the vision. And that's what will continue into season three. And with that being said, thank you to everyone who was on here today with me, Leanne, Francis, Ken, Camilla, Madison, Leslie, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. 
um, for coming on. I'm looking forward to 2022 for some new things to go on with Thrifters Villa, some old things coming back and just continuing to grow and have the conversation with everyone. So happy new year. I can't wait to see what you guys all do in 2022. And we will talk next year, which is so crazy. (laughs) Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you.